Welcome back, everybody. It is, we are going to be reading out of Four Kings uh, tonight. It's chapter 17. I read this last night after work, and it kind of goes. I'm going to read a little bit of this, and then in the Apocrypha, which isn't in any modern Bible. It's in the 1611 King James Version, but it's uh, corrupt, if you ask me. The words are not nearly the same. But anyway, 4 Kings 17, and uh, this is starting to the kings of Israel and Judah in 3 Kings and even the first part of 4 Kings. It's they were just getting wickeder and wickeder. Now, um, it's starting to talk of Hosea. And anyway, this is Hosea, king of Israel, is taken. This is the uh, chapter heading. And it says, And he and all his uh, reveling brought to the Assyrians... I'm sorry, let me start this over. Hosea, king of Israel, is taken, and he and all his realm brought to the Assyrians. Okay. So 17th chapter, king, four kings. In the twelfth year of Ahaz, king of Judah, Hosea, son of Elah, began to reign in Samaria upon Israel and continued nine years and did that displeased the Lord, but not so evil as did that, as did the kings of Israel that were before him. And Salamanser, king of Assyria, came upon him, and Hosea became his servant and gave him presents. And the king of Assyria found treason in Hosea because he had sent messengers to Sua, king of Egypt, and sent no presents unto the king of Assyria. And as he was yearly wont to do, therefore the king of Assyria besieged him and put him in prison. And then the king of Assyria came throughout all the land and came to Samaria and besieged it three years. And there's a reference here to 4 Kings 18b. So let me go over a chapter 18b. And it says, For unto those days the children of Israel Israel did burn sacrifice to it and called it Nehustan, capital N-E-H-U-S-T-A-N. And it has a note, it says, That is a thing of brass. It says, He trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him came none like him among all the kings of Judah, neither among them that went before him. He clave to the Lord and departed not from him, but kept his commandments which the Lord commanded Moses. And the Lord was with him, and whatsoever he took in hand, he did it wisely. And he rebelled against the king of Assyria and served him not. He bet the Philistines even unto Asa, and the coast thereof, both in castles and garrisons and strong cities too. Okay, and back to 17. And in the ninth year of 
Hosea, the king of Assyria, took took Samaria and carried Israel away unto Assyria and put them in Hala, H-A-L-A, in Habor on the river of Gozan and in the cities of the Medes. For the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, which brought them out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and feared other gods. And they walked in the ordinances of the heathen, which the Lord cast out before the children of Israel, and in the things which the kings of Israel had made. And the children of Israel wrapped themselves in things that were not well toward the Lord their God. And they built them built them hill altars in all their cities, both in the towers where they kept watch and also in the strong towns. And there's a side note next to towers. It says, In the towers where and see, that is, in all places, both great and small. It says, And they made them images and groves on every high hill and under every green tree. And there they sacrificed in the hill altars, as did the heathen, which the Lord carried away at their coming, and wrought wicked deeds to anger the Lord withal. And they served idols, whereof the Lord had said to them, You shall not do so. And the Lord testified to Israel and to Judah by all the prophets and by all the seers, saying, Turn from your wicked ways and keep my commandments and my ordinances according to all the laws which I commanded your fathers. And as I sent you, I'm sorry, and as I sent to you by my servants, the prophets, notwithstanding they would not hear, but hardened their necks like to the necks of their fathers that did not believe the Lord their God. And they refused his ordinances and his appointment that he had made with their fathers and the witness which he had witnessed to them and followed vanity and became vanity like to the heathen that were round about them of which the Lord had charged them that they should not do like them. But they left the commandments of the Lord their God and made them images of metal, even two calves, and made groves, and bowed themselves unto all the host of heaven, and served Baal. And next to the host of heaven, it says, that is, stars or planets. And they sacrificed their sons and their daughters in fire, and used witchcraft and enchantments, and were sold to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord. For to anger him. Wherefore the Lord was exceedingly, exceeding wroth with Israel and put them out of his sight, that there was left but the tribe of Judah only, and thereto Judah kept not the commandments of the Lord their God, but walked in the ordinances of Israel which they had made. Therefore the Lord cast up all the seed of Israel and vexed them and delivered them into the hands of spoilers until he had cast them out of his sight and Israel divided themselves from the house of David and made Jeroboam the son of Nabat king.
I'm just going to add a note. Remember, Jeroboam was one of the wicked rulers that um, I believe he uh, built the golden calves and just horrible wickedness. Um, okay, going on, it says, Which Jeroboam thrust Israel away from the Lord and made them sin a great sin. And so the children of Israel walked in all the sin of Jeroboam, which he had set up and departed not therefrom, until the Lord had put Israel away out of his sight. And as, as he said by all his servants, the prophets, and so he translated Israel out of their land to Assyria, even unto this day. And the king of Assyria brought from Babylon and from Kutha and from Aya and from Hamath and from Sepharnium and put them in the cities of Samaria instead of the children of Israel. And they possessed Samaria and dwelt in the cities thereof. But at the beginning of their dwelling, they feared not the Lord. Wherefore the Lord sent lions upon them, which slew them. Then men told the king of Assyria, saying, The nations which thou hast translated and put in the cities of Samaria know not the manner of God of the land, and therefore he hath sent lions upon them, which slay them, because they know not the manner of God of the land. Then the king of Assyria commanded, saying, Carry thither one of the priests which you brought thence, and let him go and dwell there, and teach them the fashion how to serve the God of the country. And then one of the priests which they had carted thence went and dwelt in Bethel, and taught them how they should fear the Lord. Howbeit every nation made their own gods and put them in the houses of the hill altars, which the Samaritans had made every nation in their cities where they dwelt. The men of Babylon made Succoth, Benoth, the men of Kuth, Kuth made Negril, they of Hemath made Asima. It's, it looks like E-U-I-T-E-S. Ewitz made Nabaz and Tarthak, and the Sephirvians burnt their children in fire unto Adramelech and Anamelech, the gods of the Sephirites. And though they feared the Lord, yet they made them priests of the lowest of the people for the hill altars, which sacrificed for them in the houses of the hill altars. And so they feared the Lord, and yet served their own gods after the manner of the people from whence they were brought. Unto this day they do after the old manner, they neither fear the Lord, and there is a note in between neither and fear. It says, not to fear the Lord is to live careless and to serve their lust and appetites, and not to 
set by God in his law, as is said in Psalms 54D. So let me flip over to Psalm, looks like 54D. It's L4D. Psalm. Just bear with me. So, 54D. Okay, there's not a 54D, so let's just read. It's pretty short. Uh, I'm going to read the intro. It says, He showeth how he just desired help of the Lord and was heard when he was brought in to, to great jeopardy by the treason of the Zephites and how God took vengeance of his enemies. It says to the chanter in Neganoth an instruction of David when the Zephites came and said unto Saul, David is hid among us. Okay, that was the intro. And it says, the story of this title is in 1 Kings 23d. And it says, help me, O God, for thy name's sake, and deliver me from thy, deliver me in thy strength. And there's a note. It says, these words of the Hebrews, for thy name's sake, in thy name, for thy name, or by thy name, signify as much to to be as in, for, or by the majesty, glory, goodness, magnificence, power, wisdom. And it says, NC Psalms 25C. It says, Hear my prayer, O God. Consider the words of my mouth. For strangers are risen up against me, and the mighty, which have not God before their eyes, seek after my soul. And it says, Salah. And it says, this is expounded in the Psalms 3a. I'm going to switch over to that because Salah has a meaning to it that's pretty, I like it. Psalms 3a, it says, by Salah, let me get my magnifier. This this word, after Rabakim was a sign or token of lifting up the voice and also a monition and advertisement to enforce the thought and and mind earnestly to give heed to the meaning of the verse unto which it is added. Some will that it signify perpetually or truly. Okay. But lo, God is my helper. It is he that upholdeth my soul. He shall reward evil unto my enemies, and in thy truth shalt thou destroy them. A free will offering will I give thee, and praise thy name, O Lord, because it is so comfortable. And it has a reference to another psalm. Um, looks like 48C. And then it says, For thou hast delivered me out of all my trouble, so that my eye seeth his desire upon my enemies. Okay. And 
Okay. Let me just find my place. I'm just going to start the uh, paragraph. It says, Unto this day they do after the old manner. They neither fear the Lord, neither do after their own ordinances and customs. And after the law and commandment which the Lord commanded the children of Jacob, whose name he called Israel, and made an appointment with them and charged them, saying, Fear not any other gods, nor bow yourselves to them, nor serve them, nor sacrifice to them, but to the Lord, which brought you out of the land of Egypt with great power and a stretched out arm. Him fear, and to him bow, and to him do sacrifice. And the ordinances, customs, law, and commandments which I wrote for you, see that you be diligent to do forevermore, and fear not any other gods. And the appointment that I have made with you, see you forget not, and that you fear none other gods, but the Lord your God you shall fear, and he shall deliver you out of the hands of all your enemies. Howbeit they heard not, but did after the old manner, and even so did these nations fear the Lord, and serve their images thereto, and so did their children, and their children's children too. Even as did their fathers, so do they unto this day. And let me just see how where we're doing on time. We're doing good. I'm going to swap over. I just happened to read this after work last night together. This is in the Apocrypha, the rest of the book of Esther. And I'm just going to read a couple of cha- uh, chapters or kind of, there's no references really. Uh, the title, it says, The rest of the chapters of the book of Esther, <clears throat> which are neither found in the Hebrew nor in the child. And the intro title, it says, The Dreams of Mardokius. And so this says the 11th chapter after the Latin. It says, Mardokius, the son, I got to get my magnifier, the son of J-A-I-X, Jax or Jer, the son of Simi, the son of Kesi, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Jew, which had his dwelling in Sussus, a man of great reputation and excellent among all them that were in the king's court. Nevertheless, he was one of the prisoners whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away from from Jerusalem unto Babylon with Jeconias, the king of Judah. In the second year of the reign of the great Extarchus, in the first day of the month Nisan, had this marked Mardokius such a dream. He thought he heard a great tempest, horrible thunderclaps, earthquakes, a great uproar in the land, and that he saw two great dragons ready to fight one against another. Their cry was great, at the which roaring and cry all heathen were up to fight against the righteous people. And the same day was full of darkness and very unclear. 
full of trouble and anguish. Yeah, a great fearfulness was there in all the land. The righteous were amazed, for they feared the plague and evil that was devised over them, and were at a point with themselves to die. So they cried unto God, and while they were crying, the little well grew into a great river and into many waters, and with that it was day, and the sun rose up again, and the lowly were exalted and devoured the glorious and proud. Now, when Mark Mardocius had seen this dream, he awoke and mused steadfastly in his heart what God would do. And so he desired to know all the matter, and his mind was thereupon until the night. Chapter 2, this is Mardocius uttereth the treason devised against the king and is therefore rewarded of him. So this is chapter 12, actually, I'm sorry. It says, At the same time dwelt Mardocius with Bagatha and Tares, the king's chamberlains and porters of the palace. But when he heard their device and had diligently considered their imaginations, he perceived that they went about to lay their cruel hands upon the king Extarxerus. Extarxerus. And so he certified the king thereof, then caused the king to examine the two gelded with torments. And when they had granted it, they were put to death. This the king caused to be put in, in the chronicles for an everlasting remembrance. And Mardocius wrote up the same matter. So the king commanded that Mardocius should do service in the court, and for this faithfulness of his, he gave him a reward. But a man, the son of Amadathu, the Agite, which was holding in great honor and reputation in the king's court, understood to hurt Mardocius and his people because of the two chamberlains that were put to death. Chapter 13 it says, the copy of the letters of Art Extarxerus against the Jews, the prayer of Mardocius. Okay. It says, the great king Extarxerus, which reigneth from India unto Ethiopia, over a hundred and seven and twenty lands, sendeth his friendly salutation unto all the princes and deputies of the countries which be subject unto his dominion. When he was made lord over many people and had subdued the whole earth unto my dominion, my mind was not with cruelty and wrong to exalt myself by the reason of my power. I'm just going to pause because when I read this, it sounded kind of like Satan talking and then God, God, Satan's people talking and God's people talking. So, I just, anyway, here we go. But purposed with equity always and gentleness to govern, tho govern those that be under my jurisdiction and holy to set them in a peaceable life and thereby to bring my kingdom unto tranquility that men might safely go through on every side and to renew peace again 
which all men desire. Now when I asked my counselors how these things might be brought to a good end, there was one by us, excellent in wisdom, whose goodwill, truth, and faithfulness have oft been showed and proved, which was also the principle and next unto the king, a man by name, which certified us how that in all the lands there was crept in a rebellious folk, folk that made statues and laws against all other people and have always despised the proclaim, proclaimed commandments of kings and how that for this cause it were not to be suffered that such rule should continue by you and not to be put down seeing now we perceive the same that this people alone are contrary unto every man using strange and other manner of laws and withstand our statutes and doings and go about to establish shrewd matters that our kingdom should never come to good estate and steadfastness. Therefore have we commanded that all they that are appointed in writing and showed unto you by a man, and I'm thinking that man is Jesus Christ in the flesh, which is ordered, ordained, and set over all our business and the most principal next unto the king, and in manner as a father, shall with their wives and children be destroyed and rooted out with the sword of their enemies and adversaries, and that there shall be no mercy showed, and no man spared. And this shall be done the fourteenth day of the month, called Adar, of this year, that they which of old and now also have ever been rebellious may in one day with violence be thrust down into the hell, to the intent that after this manner our empire may have peace and tranquility. But Mardocius thought upon all the works and noble acts of the Lord and made his prayer unto him, saying, O Lord, Lord, thou valiant and almighty King, for all things are in thy power. And if thou wilt help and deliver Israel, there is no man that can withstand nor let thee. For thou hast made heaven and earth and what wondrous thing soever is under the heaven. Thou art Lord of all things, and there is no man that can resist thee, O Lord. Thou knowest all things. Thou wrotest, Lord, that it was neither of malice nor presumption, nor for any desire of glory, that I would not bow down myself nor worship yonder proud presumptuous a man. For I would have been content, and that with good will, if it might have, have done Israel any good to have kissed even his footsteps, but that I did it, because I would not set the honor of a man in the stead of the glory of God, and because I would worship none but only thee, my Lord. And this have I done in no pride nor presumption. And therefore, O Lord, thou God and King, 
have mercy upon thy people, for thy for they imagine how they may bring us to naught. Yeah, their mind and desire is to destroy and to overthrow the people that have ever been thy inheritance of old. Oh, despise not thy portion, which thou hast delivered and brought out of Egypt for thy own self. Hear my prayer, and be merciful unto thy people, whom thou hast chosen for an heritage unto thyself. Turn our complaint and sorrow to joy, that we may live, O Lord, and praise thy name. O Lord, suffer not the mouths of them that praise thee to be destroyed. All the people of Israel in like manner cried as earnestly as they could unto the Lord, for their death and destruction stood before their eyes. Okay. Let's see where we are. Okay. Um, I'm going to stop this one because it's about 30 minutes. And then... Well, I tell you what, I'll... I might just keep on reading. There's only a couple more chapters. It says, The prayer of Esther for the deliverance of her and her people. This is chapter 14. Queen Esther, also being in the battle of death, resorted unto the Lord, laid away her glorious apparel, and put on the garments that served for sighing and for sighing and mourning that the stead of precious ointment she scattered ashes and dung upon her head and as for her body she humbled it and brought it very low all the places where she was wont to have joy afore those filled she with the heart with the hair and the and that she plucked out herself. She prayed also unto the Lord God of Israel with these words. O my Lord, thou only only art our king. Help me, desolate woman, which have no helper but thee. For my misery and destruction is hard at my hand. From my youth up, I have heard out of the kindred of my father that thou tookest Israel from among all people and so have our fathers of their four elders that they should be thy perpetual inheritance and look what thou didst promise them thou hast made it good unto them now well Lord we have sinned before thee therefore hast thou given us into the hands of our enemies because we worshipped their gods Lord, thou art righteous, nevertheless, it satisfieth them not that we are in bitter and heavy captivity and oppressed among them, but thou hast laid their hands upon the hands of their gods, so that they begin to take away the thing that thou with your mouth hast ordained and appointed to destroy thine inheritance to shut and stop the mouths of them that praise thee, to quench the glory and worship of thy house and thy altar, and to open the mouths of the heathen, 
that they may praise the power and virtue of the gods and to magnify the fleshly king forever. O Lord, give not thy scepter unto them that be nothing, lest they laugh us to scorn in our misery and fall, but turn their device upon themselves and punish him that hath begun the same over us and set him to an example. Think upon us, O Lord, and show thyself in, in the time of our distress and of our trouble. Strengthen me, O thou King of gods, thou Lord of all power. Give me an eloquent and pleasant speech in my mouth before the lion. Turn his heart into the hate of our enemy to destroy him and all such as consent unto him. But deliver us with your hand and help me, desolate woman, which have no defense nor helper, but only you. Lord, you know us all things. You wrotest that I love not the glory and worship of the unrighteous and that, and that I hate and abhor the bed of the uncircumcised and of all heathen. Thou knowest and wrotest my necessity that I hate the token of my preeminence and worship which I bear upon my head what time as I must show myself and be seen and that I abhor it as an unclean cloth and that I wear it not when I am quiet and alone by myself Thou knowest also that I, that I, thy handmaiden, have not eaten at a man's table, and that I have not no pleasure nor delight in the king's feast, that I have not drunken the drink offerings, and that I, thy handmaiden, have had no joy since the day that I was brought hither. Unto this day, but only in the thee, O Lord, O thou God of Abraham, O thou mighty God above all, hear thy voice, hear the voice of them that have none other hope, and deliver us out of the hand of the wicked, and deliver me out of my fear. And okay. I'm going to stop right here and I'm going to end the 15th, 16th, and 15th and 16th chapter next.